Let's pray together. Lord, none of us invites or enjoys the tough times. Uh, as a matter of fact, they're the sorts of things that we want to avoid. Being part of this society, this world right now is not easy, Lord. To some degree or other, all of us are struggling. It's hard uh, to be living through this pandemic. But Lord, in the midst of it, we hold on to what you have revealed to us through your word today. That indeed you are present, that you are active, and that you are accomplishing something good for our lives and for the life of this world. Lord, I pray for every person who is hearing these words today. Uh, number one, that you'll be with them, that you'll strengthen, strengthen them, that you will enable them, Lord, to um, be faithful and um, make their way through this challenging time. But Lord, the prayer which is so much in line with your word today, is simply this, that you will be at work in their lives in a beautiful and a wonderful and a, a, even a dramatic way. Uh, that through the challenge and the heartache and the, and the difficulty, Lord, that you will, number one, conform them to the image of your son, that you will make the people that I'm praying for right now who are listening to this service, that you will make them more like Jesus by the powerful work of your Holy Spirit. And Lord, the other things that you wish to do among us as individuals, as a church, as a community at large, Lord, in this world, we don't know what you are seeking to accomplish. But Lord, we will believe with all of our hearts that you are at work and that we, will, we Lord, will trust you in the midst of this. And Lord, we will look forward to someday looking back upon this time and have a, having a greater sense of how you chose to work through our difficulty and struggle. Lord, we're willing to trust you. We really do trust you with all of our hearts. And we pray that as we move forward, that you'll strengthen us and enable us and sustain us. But Lord, our deepest prayer, our most profound prayer, is that you truly will accomplish your purposes during this time, through your people, through your church, and in this world. Thank you for your faithfulness to us, God. Thank you for your love. Thank you for your presence. Thank you for what you are doing. This we pray in Jesus' name. Well, again, I'd like to welcome you to our, uh, our time together here. Um, trust that you're surviving COVID-19 well, um, that uh, you're really sensing God's presence and his work in your life, and that uh, um, you're doing well. Uh, we're gathering together again here in a really unique way. I was thinking of it today. We're gathering in a 21st century way. And uh, just trust that this will be a blessing to you and uh, a real help as, as you move forward. Let me pray before I speak. Pray with me, please. Gracious God, we thank you for the fact that we can meet in this way. And we thank you that uh, as your word is preached that uh, we can hear from you, that we can be touched deeply by um, the Word of God ministered to us by the Holy Spirit, and that we can sense you with us. And Lord, again, although we're not together, we're, we're united in you, um, thankful for one another, thankful for you. And we simply pray that today you will bless this time, that uh, you will impact lives. And Lord, we're open, we're eager to hear from you and to know uh, what you would have to say to us today. So Lord, bless us in this time. And this we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, I have a growing awareness in my life uh, of how tough these days are for a lot of people. 
I've realized for myself, I'm getting off pretty easily, to be honest with you. I'm in my home most of the time. I thought as an introvert, I would just love that, you know, be happy there and, and content. But to tell you the truth, I'm not. The longer this goes, the more I realize I miss people. I, I just value that interaction with people throughout my day and, and enjoy that. And I really miss that. So that's one thing that's on the downside of, of, of doing life right now for me. Um, I would say also there's a bit of a, uh, a, bit of a, a stress in my life. It's sort of a low-grade stress that just happens to be there, I'm recognizing. Maybe that's going on in your life too. But for me, that exists because everything has changed. My weekly schedule has changed, where I work has changed. Everything that I'm used to seems to be gone. And it's just a little stressful. Uh, and I don't enjoy that particularly either. I'm looking forward, if we ever get back to what was normal uh, or a semblance of it, to be there again. But I recognize that what I'm is nothing, experiencing is nothing compared to what many people are experiencing today. We hear lots of people in business who are really afraid of going under. They can't pay their rent, they can't pay their bills, and their businesses might not survive. Individuals as well, unable to pay their bills and really struggling with that difficulty. Uh, there are people who are working in the healthcare sector and they're doing incredible work, but it's tough. Uh, they're, they're exhausted, they're actually grieving in some instances, so much death that they're experiencing. And they're afraid of taking home the virus to their children and to their spouses. Tough place to be, that's hard. Uh, of course, there are people who are sick, some of them very sick. Uh, and and um, then there are those people who are grieving the loss of loved ones, people who are precious and have been precious to them. Um, one other thought, I thought, you know, the reality, I think, the longer that we go through this time, the more being cooped up together in the same house is a challenge, and I wouldn't be surprised if many of you can relate to that as well. And generally speaking, we're in a difficult season. This is not an easy time. At some degree or another, we're experiencing hardship. What I want to do is to take you uh, to uh, Romans chapter 8, 28, well-known verse uh, that can bring a lot of uh, the reality and truth of God to bear in our lives. So let me read that to you, Romans 8, 28. It says, and we know that in all things God works for the good of those who love him, who have been called according to his purpose. Now that's an amazing actual promise that is given to us. Uh, in, the in the description, what we are, what we are seeing uh, in these words is, is an aspect of the reality of living in the kingdom of God. Last week we spoke of that. The kingdom of heaven was the focus last week. And this week, and then for a couple more Sundays, we're going to give some attention to the reality of what living in that kingdom actually is like. But this text brings us some of that reality. You know, that, that for those who love God, and for those who are called according to the purposes of God, called by Him into relationship with Himself, called by Him into the kingdom of heaven, God works in all things for our good, the Bible says. You know, in the bad times, and maybe particularly in the worst of times, God is present and God is active, and he is accomplishing something remarkable in us and in our world. That's the promise. Now, we see this reality in the Bible a lot. I had to be somewhat selective in, in bringing you examples because it's everywhere. Take note uh, at a later time. But think about the beginning of the church in Jerusalem. 
Pentecost happened, the Holy Spirit came, um, uh, people encountered the Lord in a brand new way, and it was an incredibly good time. Uh, many, many people came to believe in Jesus. Literally thousands and thousands of people came to faith in Christ. Miracles were being performed by the apostles and people were seeing the, the active presence and the goodness and the love of God uh, being demonstrated. There was a deep fellowship among God's people. They were united. They loved one another. It was all good until persecution began. Uh, what we see in chapter 4 of Acts is, is the apostles, some of them being hauled up in front of the Jewish authorities, um, being questioned, being told, don't preach this Jesus character anymore. And they were dismissed. Well, in chapter 5, having preached about Jesus, they were brought again before the Jewish authorities. And this time they were whipped and they were imprisoned, incarcerated because of their faith. Uh, chapter 6 and chapter 7 of, of Acts, uh, we see the first um, martyr, Stephen, being brutally killed. He spoke of his faith in Jesus and people became so incredibly angry with him that they dragged him to a particular location and they threw stones at him until he was dead. Really an awful thing. And can you imagine the people of the church in that day hearing of this and what, would, what it would have meant to them? Um, and after that, immediately after that, what we read uh, in, in Scripture is uh, that, a, that a great persecution broke out. Let me read that to you. Uh, Acts chapter 8, verse 1. Going in the wrong direction today. Here we go. It says this. On that day, and that's a reference to the murder, really, of Stephen. On that day, a great persecution broke out against the church in Jerusalem. And all except the apostles were scattered throughout Judea and Samaria. Uh, note the word great. This wasn't a minor persecution. This was intense. Uh, and this was deadly. This was a, a, a great difficulty and trouble. And, and because of that, the people of the church, that early church, had to, to flee to save themselves from incarceration or even death. Um, and it would have been a terrible, difficult time. But as they went, guess what they did? And this is described in numerous instances. The next paragraph talks about, um, and especially at the end of that chapter, I think, yes, it talks about a man named Philip having been part of this church, having been scattered, as the, as the verse says, fleeing persecution. He comes across the man in, entitled the Ethiopian eunuch, a high-ranking official in the court of the Ethiopian queen. And he's reading scripture, but he doesn't understand what the Bible is saying. Well, Philip comes along and gets beside him and he explains how the scripture, the Old Testament, is speaking of Jesus. And that man, by the work of the Holy Spirit, his eyes were opened and he, he came to see and to understand what he couldn't see and understand before. And he, came, he too came to believe in Christ. Well, guess what likely happened following that? He likely went home to Ethiopia and he likely began to tell everybody that he knew of this Messiah, this one sent from God, this resurrected Lord and Savior, Jesus. It's, it's a remarkable story that, 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 that uh, God essentially uses this terrible persecution, but in the end the church is scattered and they move out from Jerusalem and as they go they tell everybody that they might know of, of Christ. And of course the message goes beyond Jerusalem itself. It was an absolutely incredible thing God did 
in and through heartache. I want you to just note this. Think about this. That early church, when things were going really well, chapters 1, 2, and 3 in Acts, when they were experiencing this, this beautiful uh, reality of, of what they came to understand as being the church, well, they wouldn't have wanted persecution. They would have wanted to stay together and, and love one another. They would have wanted to hear that incredible preaching and teaching. They would have wanted to, to see those miracles happen over and over and over again. But my friends, God had a plan. And he allowed evil to act. He allowed this persecution to rise up. And from it, he produced something incredibly good. Here's another example. It comes from the Old Testament. Uh, the, the character that you will read about at the end of the book of Genesis named Joseph. Talk about a painful experience or two that he had that produced an incredible good. Joseph, as a teenager, was sold by his hate-filled brothers. They despised their, their young brother. Uh, and they sold him literally into slavery. Um, and he was taken from where he lived uh, all the way to Egypt, where he would ultimately be one of the key characters used to save the entire nation from starvation. Um, when he got there, of course, he was sold to a man named Potiphar, and he served faithfully in Potiphar's house and was given responsibility, but in time, Potiphar's wife wrongly accused him, uh, uh, and Joseph was thrown into jail. Again, another awful experience, and he was there for quite a long while. But in time, because of ending up in jail, he was able to interpret Joseph's dream, sorry, Pharaoh's dream, um, and he became Pharaoh's right-hand man, second in, in command, a man of power and a man of ability who was able then to enact what was necessary to save Egypt and also his own family, by the way, from starvation. Understand that as he, sa he saved his father and his brothers, he and his brothers being the leaders of the 12 tribes of Israel, ultimately from one of those tr 12 tribes came the person of Jesus, the Messiah, the Son of God, the Savior of the world. Um, bad experiences, hurtful, difficult, hard experiences that Joseph went through. But in the end, God brought incredible good from real heartache and difficulty and challenge. Of course, the ultimate experience of what I'm describing to you is the crucifixion of Jesus Christ. Um, he was brutally executed. Physically, it was an awful experience, but spiritually, and more to the point, he was separated from his father. These two who had been in intimate, loving communion as part of Trinity for eternity past, for the first time, Jesus was left alone, and on him was placed the sin and the guilt of the world. Um, it would have been an awful, awful experience. It was. But from that awful experience came what? <laughs> from death came resurrection, new life, victory over sin and evil and death. F from that, that experience, a new kingdom emerged with a king named Jesus, which has been functioning on this earth all of these days since, that people might be led into a relationship with God, led into that kingdom reality, um, blessed of life. Do you see it? Utter defeat turned into utter victory. Um, Jesus experiencing the heartache and the pain, but God using it to produce something incredible 
for Christ and for the whole world. I want to tell you, this is the way of the kingdom of heaven. This is how God so often will operate. This is what God does. I'm all but certain that those of you who are listening to me today who would say, you know, I do love God, you know, and I have been called according to his purposes, referencing Romans 8.28. I'm sure those of you who love God and who have been called according to his purposes have experienced exactly what I'm describing. Some of you can stand back and, and remember the day when it was so tough, so difficult, so painful, but now you can see in hindsight what the Lord was doing. And so often we thank him for it in the end. Some of you might have experienced real trial and difficulty and you might not know that God was at work. But I want to tell you, every time we experience those sorts of things, God is present and God is active and God is working for our good in a powerful and a beautiful way. That's the reality of being in the kingdom of God. Last week I referenced uh, the burnout experience that I went through in 2013. I don't want to overplay that. I want to talk too much about it or give you too much detail. But I want to tell you, in those dark and painful days, I met God in a way that I never had uh, understood him and known him before. And the Lord worked in my life to heal me at a deep level and to free me from a lot of baggage from my past and to, to free me from a lot of turmoil that that baggage caused in my life. Um, and he changed me. Uh, he, he, in very real ways, to use biblical terminology, set me free, made me new. And I am so, so thankful now that that happened then. Good from bad. So right now, as people are facing bankruptcy, and I don't know whether these things give reference to your life or not, but or maybe fearful of becoming ill with this virus, um, facing death or grieving the loss of someone precious. Um, whatever the reality is in your home, maybe feeling that, you know, this is just a little bit uh, uh, too much of a close quarter sort of scenario for me to be happy. Um, I want to tell you, God is at work. God is moving. God is accomplishing something in your life, in the life of your family, life of our church life of our country and in, indeed of the world. Uh, in the 1990s, I was a much younger minister at the time, and I went to a conference, a conference that was uh, being held by the Renewal Fellowship in our church. It's an organization that seeks to bring renewal to the Presbyterian Church in Canada. And there was a man speaking there, an academic named John Stackhouse, a respected man. He's still teaching today, a, a very capable individual. And essentially what he was talking about was the direction of our society then away from its Christian rootedness, its, its heritage, uh, away from the reality of, of um, society being formed on basic Christian principles uh, and the influence that it was having in the church. Well, a question and answer time came and, and he had referenced how God is sovereign and God is accomplishing things and we need to hold on to that and remember that. And I stood up in the Q&A and, and I asked him, can you tell us what God is doing? Um, what do you sense that God is up to? Well, John Stackhouse smiled a little bit and I know with tongue in cheek, 
responded to my question by saying, well, of course I can tell you what God is up to. Of course I can tell you what he's doing. And he got a good laugh from the, the crowd that had gathered and from myself as well. Because you see, the reality is that we're in the, when we're in the midst of the challenges, <laughs> when we're in those tough places, it's next to impossible to see what God is doing. It's next to impossible to know what God is up to. Um, think of the early church when it was being persecuted. People dying, be, people being in prison, people having to flee for their lives from Jerusalem, leaving behind everything they, they, they had known, their homes and friendships and families and so forth. You know, they couldn't have known that God was scattering the church so that the message of Jesus would just explode in that known world in the way that it did. Uh, you see, we don't see it so often. We don't see it, even though it's happening. Think of Joseph. <laughs> you know, he's being sold as a slave or he's being wrongly accused. Could he see what was ahead of him, what God was planning, what God intended to do in and through his life to save not only Egypt from starvation, but also his own family and the plan of salvation. So much, so many times, no, we don't understand. We don't see that God is at work. But I want to tell you, my friends, God is at work every time. And God is at work now in the midst of a pandemic. And God will produce good from this. You know, there are some things that we can come to see it's never the major reality of what god accomplishes i think we have to wait for some years and look back maybe even we have to get to heaven before we'll really understand what god was about but i want to share with you a couple of little things that i i perceive already of what god is doing what god is accomplishing even through and because of covid19 i don't know if, if you know as you watch uh, these services whether it be on our website or on Facebook. I think most people watch it on Facebook. But I don't know if you noticed the number of views that we have had over the last few weeks on Facebook. You know, usually I preach to, this is ballpark, but say 280 adults, sometimes over three, sometimes less. Kids are all doing their own thing elsewhere, of course. Um, but you know the number of views that we've had in the last three weeks is between 900 and 1,100 views. Now, sometimes there are individuals watching on their own, in their home. Sometimes it's a couple sitting down and watching. Sometimes it's an entire family watching. But if we just took, for the sake of argument, two people per view, that's 1,800 people to 2,200 people seeing this service, hearing the music about Christ, entering into the worship of God that way, and then hearing the message of Jesus that has been preached and will continue to be preached. Um, multiple times the number of people who normally hear these sermons are hearing them now. And you know what? I just think that's a remarkable, remarkable thing. Talk about God pushing out the early church into its broader community. Talk about God extending its reach. God is extending our reach, dramatically so, into this world of ours, all because of COVID-19. There's another little point I want to bring to you in a similar light, and it's not dramatic, and it's, 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 it's not earth-shattering by any means, but we have advanced significantly in the area of technology in order to be able to produce the services we're producing. Um... And 
beyond this when the pandemic is gone and we're all back together again and we trust that that will happen. We hope to continue to live stream our services so that the people who have started to listen, so that the people who may be becoming interested in this faith of ours and understanding what, we, what the Bible has to say and what God has to say about their lives, how much he loves them, how much he wants to be in relationship, how much he wants them in his kingdom, they can continue still to listen in and to hear the message of Jesus. I think that's amazing. You know, because of COVID-19, we're going to be doing that in some months. So listen, my friends, what's God up to? That's the question, isn't it? Um, the reality is that, that while for the most part we can't see what God is doing now, we can know that in any circumstance, in any challenge, in any difficulty, God is with us. God is active. God is accomplishing incredible things among us. <laughs> even right now, even right now, God is at work by his Spirit. Uh, to make an impact. I want to make a final point to you as I go back to Romans chapter 8 in this text. It, it, it actually does answer the question that has been posed today. What's God up to? There's one thing from this text that, he, that, that, that um, describes what he is doing in our lives, in your life, and in mine. Let me read to you Romans chapter 8, the first part of uh, verse 29. It says, For those God foreknew, he also predestined to be conformed to the image of his son. Now this is immediately after Romans chapter 8. You understand that. All things work together for the good of those who love God and are called to his purpose. And then it says those God has chosen, <laughs> he, he is at work in them that they might be conformed to the image of Jesus. And what is being said here is in those tough times that we encounter, God by his spirit is working so that we simply might become more like Christ. You in your hard times, me in my hard and difficult times. In some way, somehow, God by his spirit is doing in you right now what he is describing here so that you become more like Christ. Beautiful thought. Remarkable thought. Um, you know, last, last fall, if you're part of IPC and if you were here at that time, you'll know I came back from my summer break uh, eagerly praying something that I really believe God had, had put in my mind and put in my heart to pray. It comes from Psalm uh, 144. And it's a little phrase from that psalm that simply says this in the New Living Translation. Open the heavens, Lord, and come down. Open the heavens, Lord, and come down. And that just grasped my imagination. It's like another translation actually put it this way. Lord, separate the clouds and come down among us and be with us. Come down by your Holy Spirit. Come down and move in a mighty way and accomplish your purposes among us. Do great things in the life of this congregation and in this community. Well, you know what? I had no idea that God would answer that prayer in part by allowing a pandemic to envelop us. Um, and that through heartache and difficulty and struggle and pain, accomplish significant things in his people. But I believe he's accomplishing those things in our lives, all of us, as we go through this challenge. Can you imagine what IBC will become when we're all together again 
And each of us, because of this experience, has become a whole lot more like Christ. People who are passionate for living for God, people who are living sacrificial lives out of love so that others can know Christ, so that others can know the love of God, so that others can be led into a relationship with God, so that others might know the reality of being in the kingdom of heaven and the incredible blessing of that. That, my friends, will be an amazing thing that God will produce in us when we gather together again. I want to conclude by simply asking the question again, what is God up to? What is God doing right now? Well, you know what? As I've said, we're not really not sure. But I want to assure you of this. God is up to something. God is accomplishing something, and in the end, it will be incredibly good. Let's pray together. Lord, it's an amazing thing just to remember um, how much you love us. Oh, how he loves you and me, we have heard. What a powerful message that is. What an important thing it is for us to remember right now. Lord, we thank you that you love us. We thank you that we can love you, as Romans 8 says. We thank you that you have called us, um, Lord, and that we are now part of your purposes. Thank you for the time that we have shared together today. Thank you for the sense of your Holy Spirit that we have known, whether it be here or in homes. Thank you, Lord, that you are a God whom we can trust with all of our hearts. Lord, we commit ourselves to you again, to live for you, to serve you faithfully, to love you well and to love others in the name of Jesus. Um, And we look forward, Lord, to what you will do in our lives through your goodness, by your power, by your work in us. This God, we pray in the name of Christ. Amen. Well, thank you for joining us today. Um, Have a great week. Hold tight to the Lord. Keep your eyes fixed on him and remember he is with you. He is at work and he is doing something good in you. Let me just pronounce a benediction for you now. Um, Now may the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ and love of God our Heavenly Father and the fellowship and the communion of the Holy Spirit, the Comforter, be with each of you both now and forevermore. Amen.